You're listening to Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don. T-Mad. Don is a pastor with 38 years experience. And Alex is just as curious as you. We look at the most important and interesting questions about the Bible and Christian faith. So let's talk about it. Pastor Don. Good morning, Alex. How are you doing? So far, so good. Not good. Until you give me the next question. That's we work good, on that. because we got doozy today. Um, <laughs> doozy. So this one, I'm even rolling up my sleeves for this one. I got some stuff here, you guys. Um, so if you've kind of like listened to some news and stuff recently, there's this thing called Chat GPT. Know what that means? Never heard of it. Perfect. This is going to be so much fun for me. I mean, for everyone. All right. So Chat GPT, like broadly defined is a a generative language model okay so with chat gpt you kind of generate what seems like speech right so it's coherent well-written texts oh it's like ai generated i don't not 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 quite so not artificial intelligence and that's going to be a key point um with the differences here but it can go like a, a wide range of styles you can even tell it to you know let's say um southern kansas write <laughs> you know write uh, a page paper about you know the civil war in the style of i don't even like uh martin luther king, king. i was thinking yeah. the same thing okay. okay so and he would and it would generate something like that um so basically it's copying from past generated information to current correct styles genres yes. it's it is it's fast it's efficient it combs through you know millions of sets of data to come up with something not always insightful right so you know like um well you'll see you guys um it, it, it's it it gives you all the information it knows in a well-written and articulated way okay. all right so so large sets of data can be analyzed and valuable information can kind of be extracted and compiled from it. So okay. that is what chat GPT is. It's like a website you go in, you can just type in like a little thing, you know, um, you know, what's the biggest or what's the top breeds of cat and why? And it'll tell you, you know, give you five and, and it'll say, you know, which one is the best based on that and why? Okay. Okay. So, we're gonna do today is kind of a uh i'm not chat gpt don versus oh chat gpt don versus chat D yep okay we better have some coffee yep get a chug on there all right so <laughs> in some of these questions like i had to uh um but just just just, <laughs> just so the first question i we're gonna do is is uh where is heaven right and it basically what it spit out was you know, well, I can't really say where's heaven. It's very, you know, subjective to who you are. So then I had to say, you know, where is heaven as a Mennonite pastor? Oh, so that's where we can go. And it's just a little paragraph. So you get to answer first. Where's heaven? Oh, wow. So heaven as a Mennonite pastor, I would say heaven is that place that I'm going to be in in, in Revelation chapter one, 21 after mm -hmm. everything's all said and done. And I'm going to share it with God. And it's got burly gates and gold streets and i'm ready but where is it it has no gps coordinates okay it's out of this world okay 
And uh, while we look at chapter 20 and there's going to be a new heaven, or 21, we new heaven, new earth. So identifying with that, any current heaven and current earth, we can't give it GPS locations. Okay. And that's it's and out of this see world. It's going to change. So it's out yeah. of this world. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So its answer was as a Mennonite pastor, <laughs> <laughs> the concept of heaven is often understood as a spiritual realm where God dwells and where the faithful will be. In the presence of God after death, its precise location is not specified in Mennonite theology or scripture, as the emphasis is on a relationship with God rather than a physical location. Wow. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> that is really pretty decent. That's really pretty good, right? Yeah. So, and that's... I'm going to be and, and I, a relic I have, here soon. <laughs> I should have done something. I should have done a different question first, but... Um, oh, so then it used that as a basis for the next conversation? No. Okay. No, no, no. Each one of these is a brand new completely new, new thing new search yep 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 all right so, so the next one will be um what is the greatest sin according to the bible uh, blaspheming the holy spirit okay care to elaborate on it well blaspheming the holy spirit would be basically saying either it doesn't exist doesn't uh or, or calling it bad names okay like is it disrespecting it okay like denying it denying it is the greatest that's, that's, that's yeah. the way i've always understood it is just denying the you know the impulse of the holy spirit wow. then there'd be a lot of christians that probably would be in that bullpen right now that's and that's one of the unforgivable right yeah that's the unforgivable one that's the yeah it's serious stuff yeah it really is yeah so answer from I wish this thing had a better name than Chad GPT, but uh, in Christianity, the Bible teaches that the greatest sin is often considered to be the sin of pride or the sin of unbelief. Sin of pride is often associated with the story of Lucifer, blah, blah, blah. The sin of unbelief of unbelief is the rejection of God's offer of salvation through Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, the Apostle John also speaks of the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, like you said which is often considered a particularly severe sin and cannot be forgiven. Ultimately, the concept of the greatest sin is a matter of interpretation and maybe depending on one's theological beliefs. That's why I wanted to do a different one first, which is mm -hmm. this one, because almost all of them have this little caveat at the end where whoever programmed this thing is making sure that it is not um, giving someone the false impression that it is giving a perfect answer hard right. fast, perfect answer. right okay so like even when you open up this web page to you know type something in it's like it gives a whole bunch of things in here like you know this thing might accidentally tell you to do something that harm is harmful to someone else but don't do that don't do that you know it's limited with its scope of stuff and you know oh, what do they call that a display uh this not disclosure but uh where, where it, it's not gonna be perfect i know it's not gonna be perfect and so I tell you that I yeah. had the time. Disclosure. Yep, yep. Disclosure. Yeah, I wanted to say non-disclosure agreement, but that's the opposite. So um, what are some reasons to believe in Jesus? Hmm. He's historical. Yeah. Given the chance, he'll he wants to change our lives for the better. And he promises a wonderful future. And he wants us in the franchise to share it with with others. Okay. 
anymore. See, this is this is the funny part because we actually taped a different episode before this, and, and you had, and you said the other one. And I forgot it. And this would be the one that would be important for like someone who is coming and just typing this in, you know, not like a, oh, not like a show that we're, we're doing it, right? Or like someone saying, like, really though, what are the good reasons to believe in Jesus? This would be the answer for them. All right, time's okay. up. Okay. Well, yeah, time's up. I, yeah, the Holy Spirit business. I, I always like the fact that he left his Holy Spirit here. Yeah. Well, so we got for the answer from it is there's, there's a bunch of caveats and stuff. many reasons to believe in Jesus, uh, depending on individual beliefs and values. Always that caveat. Mm-hmm. So historical evidence, nailed it. Moral and ethical values, nailed it. Salvation and eternal life, community and fellowship. Mm, yes. And then the last one is personal experience. So people think, you know, yeah. you know, it's it's helpful to you. It's regenerative to you too, which I think is a good reason too. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. What's kind of interesting about ChatGPT is that it it has all the versions of the Bible. So the as question, part of its database. Yes, yes, that's I, right. I just have the NIV, and we'll do some more of these and some short videos. I think we're going to try to start doing some of those, you guys. Um, but short videos. What would be some reasons to either you know, like this is clearly a good tool, but is there something that we should kind of be wary of with it at all well as with anything that isn't actually reflecting all of our doctrines yeah i you know you have to like that disclosure agreement be aware that it would go off on a tangent sometime just because the data has been fed to it right and so i i'd say that's a problem the other side of the coin is those are pretty decent answers yeah I mean, really, mm-hmm. given, uh, I mean, it, it doesn't say it's a Christian doc, a Christian chat. Right. And it, uh, so it's not trying to promote a product or a person or anything. Right. And still it gave some pretty decent answers. Yep. So it's possible God's got a spot out there for this to maybe touch a few lives and, and get them into uh, communion with the, with the uh, saints. Yeah. I think one, one important thing to kind of remember with, with this stuff is it is i would classify it as knowledge not intelligence Mm -hmm. right so it's not it's not giving you anything that's super insightful life-changing blows your mind unless you know you're like you know what is the most poisonous or the craziest looking toad and it's going to show you something you've never seen before that'll blow your mind Mm -hmm. but for the most part it's just a broad spectrum of knowledge right that you can kind of use whatever you want I'm, i'm glad it came in as good as it did the the broad spectrum of knowledge. I mean, there was people who claimed to know Jesus, yep. called Gnostics, mm-hmm. and it was on their knowledge they believed they were saved, but they didn't acknowledge the the resurrected Jesus Christ. Yeah, and so without any resurrection, their belief system was sort of shaky. Right, and then of course that's the sin factor. Yeah, that they. And I think that touches on a good point, too, is that, you know, if you're looking for, you know, where your life is going, maybe you have some problems or something, and then you need some answers, you're hurting, ChatGPT is no help. No, it won't help you. It might give you some options, um, but it doesn't care about you. 
Exactly. Whereas a community of faith, uh, brothers and sisters who care for you, mm-hmm. people who care because of their relationship with Jesus, then can can uh, touch you with a living, breathing example that is uh, true to what you're going through. Yeah. And what I find amazing about the church is so many times the Holy Spirit will lead just the right person to you. Yeah. Who's gone through a similar thing in their own life and they can help walk you through right a healthy way of getting to the other side yeah yeah and that's what the church is supposed to be doing mm-hmm. it's I supposed agree. to be that community of believers uh, who aren't perfect but have been perfected as much as they are by the presence of Jesus yep and uh, miracles happen yeah. in those communities yeah and that's that's uh, one of the tough things you know for you know Christians in a church community to kind of combat because it really sticks in our craw you know, the well, Christians are so judgy. Yeah, they're just judgy. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one because, like, well, there's some that are. Technically, we are, mm-hmm. right? Like, we are judging not like your quality or who you are as a person because of your sin, but our judgment comes from a different place than maybe somebody else was, or at least it should. At least it should. It, at least it should, you guys. Right. Um, it should come from a place of, I see this, I'm judging you for that because I want to help. Right. And when we see Matthew 7, he talks about judge not lest you be judged. Yep. It goes on and says, uh, so you see the speck, speck in somebody else's eye. Uh, beware, there's a whole pole in your own eye. Right. And then it says, go ahead and take care of the pole. Right. So you know how to take care of the speck. Yeah. And it's it's not judgment saying, oh, I, I'm not going to have anything to do with you because of your spec. Right. It's saying, I'm going to have everything to do with you because I'm taking care of my stuff and I'm going to do so in such a way I can help you with yours, right. even though yours is smaller. Right. Yeah. I've, or like, oh, yeah, hey, I also have a problem with that. Let's walk on it together. You know, it's, Amen. that's a good place to start. If you know you, you want to, you see the problem, you can either go to people that, you know, and this is a difficult part with like some friends is that, you know, sometimes it, they're not necessarily wanting to better you. They kind of want you to stay the same because that, that's a lot of fun. But if you choose that, you know, the community of believers, there might be someone in there that's just right for you who's been struggling with the same thing, kept it under lock and key. And you coming in has shown him or her that, hey, I, maybe I need to take care of this too. Maybe I yeah. can we can walk in this together. And it, can you imagine what the church would be like if we were all helping each other get better? Oh, yeah. I mean, iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. Says it clear in Ecclesiastes. It, it's something that we need to be doing for each other is, is uh, making each other stronger and sharper. Mm-hmm. And if we did that in our Christian walk in our Christian churches, it would change our churches. Yep. If we confess our sins one to another, it would change our churches. But it's so much work, Don. Wouldn't you rather just come to church and have everyone tell you that you love them mm-hmm. and 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 that you're doing a good job and oh, that is never really be nice. critical? I, it really helps my ego. But the other <laughs> side of the coin is we need to be better. Yeah. And I need to be told by someone who I know cares mm-hmm. that, you know, you really messed up last Sunday. Yeah. Can you do it a little different? Maybe think about doing it different. Or, uh, yeah. Right. And, and the thing is, you know, sometimes when someone comes to you like that, you know that it's not making them feel good about it, right? Right. A real-world example of this that I talked to my, I won't say her name, but I'll just refer to her as my mother. Um, 
it's, it's my mom. Um, okay. I was like, man, we got to get a Sunday school for kids. That's something we don't have here. We don't. Mm-hmm. Everyone here, we're a smaller church. Everyone's kind of spread pretty thin with responsibilities, and uh, we have like where the kids go down. Children's time. Children's yeah. time. They'll go down, you know, during the message, um, which is a good start. But my contention was that you know you're not really building those relationships with those having those kids build relationships with each other by doing that and that you know I can't go to Sunday school because because you're having the church. kids to go yeah and I didn't like saying that to her because she was mm-hmm. like well I thought we were doing a really good job with this in which we are but also at the same time I have that desire that you know I'd like to see that that area grow we got we got a cutting edge yeah and that's that convicting nature of a of a church community mm-hmm. that is a little tough because yeah what you're doing is you're making more work for someone someone you're wanting someone to step up and that's often a difficult call and yeah. uh well and and we we have ways we like to have things done yeah and sometimes we get caught in those yep uh yeah i support your local church a lot of pastors are doing just about all they can do mm-hmm. and these are still we're still coming out of covid it's yeah. still an adjustment. Uh, let's do church as best we can. I think the relational piece that you're talking about, like Sunday school, I think that's a really good place to invest because that's the relational side that will change us, transform mm-hmm. us. Yep. Yep. Having somebody caring enough that I know if I mess up, I can confess to them my yes. sin and they're not going to throw me out on my keister, mm-hmm. but love you through it. Yep. Someone to go to for that. Yeah. Right? We had a youth group that was like that. Still in touch with all of them. Love them all. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was even one of the kids. His name was also Alex. Uh, they referred to him as Good Alex. Um, <laughs> but that's that's another that's another story. But there was one time I wrecked the Suburban. Our family Suburban. Fell asleep on the way home after wrestling practice. And the first person I called was his mom. Because she was always like pivotal for like the praise band. She was always there, you know, making sure, you know, everything was run smooth. Brought the cooking. Encouragement. Cheerleader, yes. one of the best ones. And and she's like, and when she got there and she's like, now why'd you call me? Did you think that your parents were going to be upset about this? And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah? She goes, it was an accident. And so I called, you know, Rob and my mom and they came and you know, I didn't get yelled at. You know, it was, uh, are you okay? Mm-hmm. horribly worried are you okay let's take you to the hospital like no i it really it's just that i instead of just plowing over that stop ahead sign in the suburban which would have done zero damage i scraped it along the side oh. yeah most damage possible from that suburban. when you standpoint. talked about that accident i was seeing the suburban on its top in the ditch nope okay nope simply just slid down into the ditch just fell asleep that was all but having that person there that i was just like man i i need and then to have her come and say, just talk. They they are mm-hmm. okay. You know, anything that's wrong, you got you can take it to them. Take it to them. But yeah. Yeah. So first person. Mm-hmm. That's one of the great things about a church community. Mm-hmm. That exact example, even though I it's like a big family. Yeah, it is. One of the best. I think Amen. that's something I've said before is that when my wife and I got started dating, I wanted her to meet my church family. Because they're my favorite people. And she's a wonderful lady. She is. Mm-hmm. She so, has our approval. Yes. So, yeah. Anything else to add on that part? Oh, and we're going to do some more uh, kind of like chat GPT versus the Bible and some short videos too. So um, 
be on the lookout for those. So I will be too. Yes. <laughs> be nervous. All right. I'll be nervous. Will you pray us out? Can do that. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you because we know you work through all things to get your word to where it needs to be for people to hear. So, Lord, guide these words, guide these messages to exactly the spot you want it to be. And we thank you, Lord, for everybody who participated in this today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for joining us, and we will see you all next week. Lord willing. Thanks again for joining us for this week's episode. We are both having a ton of fun making these videos and episodes. And if you're having fun too, please tell a friend about this and help us to grow this mission. Thank you, and God bless.